Thank you for joining us on our podcast for Faith Center Church. We hope today's message builds you up and brings you hope right where you're at. Hope you enjoyed the message. I want to thank you for being here on this Wednesday night. I want to ask you to go with me, if you will. Let's get right into it. John chapter 8. I want to just key off of something that Jesus said that uh, in red and during his ministry as he was teaching. Something that he said that I believe, church, that we can really grab a hold of tonight that is life-changing. And I want to just show you what he said. And what I love about Jesus, what we try to emulate up here on this platform in the same way that he did, not only did he tell his followers, his audience, what to do, but he told them how to do it. So tonight, I want to show you that Jesus, first of all, he tells us what to do, but then not only does he tell us what to do in order to be successful in life, in order to walk in everything that he's already purposed for us to walk in, the abundant life, hello, the blessed life, that's what he said he came to give us. That's what he taught. He taught the kingdom life. And there is no life like the kingdom life, submitted to the king himself. But what he said was this. I want to show you what he said, but then I'm also going to show you not just what to do as he taught, but he also shows us how to do it. So I believe with the Lord's help. I believe it'll help you. I believe you're going to learn something tonight from God's Word. John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. Just a couple of verses we're going to start with. I believe it'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. Here we go. To the Jews who had believed him, or his message, Jesus said, watch this now, if you hold to my teaching, there it is right there. If you hold to my teaching, in other words, if you hold on to what I say, Church, it's one thing to get the word. It's one thing to hear the word. It's another thing altogether to hold on to what you get. What do I mean by that? It's one thing to get a word tonight. It's a whole other thing to take it with you when you leave. That's what Jesus was getting at when he said, "If you notice he said if, because it's not automatic. It takes something on our part. We, church, are in control of all of the God that we get in us. That's why Jesus said, if, if you hold on to my words, if you, there it is right there, if you hold on to my teaching, watch what he said, you are really my disciples. Then he said in verse 32, here's what happens, here's the promise, here's what happens when you hold on to what he says, then, watch this, there's an if and then there's a then. If you hold on, then you will know the truth. There it is. And the truth will do what? Set you free. Notice he said, if you hold on to what I'm teaching, if you hold on to it. In other words, if you take it in. Then he said, you'll know the truth. Now that word know, that doesn't just mean to have a head knowledge. That's a very strong word. To know means to have intimate relationship with to know like a husband knows a wife that's what that word really means in the Greek the word know if you really have an intimacy with my teaching with the truth because that's what Jesus taught he taught the truth 
So he said, then you will know what I teach you, which is what? Truth. Then you'll know the truth. And when you really know it, he's talking about not just having a mental ascent of it. He's talking about knowing it right here, church. Because when you know it right here, that's when you begin to see your life change. Because what did he say? If you know the truth, not just here, watch this, but right here in your heart. Come on. Then he said that truth, what you get in here, will set you free will cause for you, come on, to see real change in your life, to really see the blessing of God in your life and on your life and coming through your life. Why? Because that's what Jesus said would happen if we simply hold on to the truth, hold on to the word of God. Now, I want to show you tonight, don't want to go real long. I know we got some parents here that you can get outside here in a little bit and watch, watch the children coming down that slide. But uh, let me just give you a little bit tonight, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. But I do want to show you, now that we've seen here that Jesus said what to do. Come on. Can I just encourage you? The most important thing you can do in your life is hold on to the Word of God. And that's my title for tonight is simply holding on to God's Word. That's what Jesus said in John 8. And what I want to do with the, with the time that I have been given tonight is to help you and show you, okay, now I know what to do. I got to hold on to the word of God. Now will you show me how? I want to just show, show you three ways, church, that we hold on to God's word. Are you ready? And I believe it's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught these things, and I'm going to give them to you real quickly. Number one, here's how we hold on to the word. We need to make it the foundation of our life. What is a foundation? If you have a home, you're living in a, a home, most of us, I'm sure if not all of us, have a home that we go to after we leave here, place that we called home. Well, you know that that house you live in, that you and I live in, it has a foundation. I'll never forget when Cammie and I decided to have a house built, the house that we live in right now, we decided to, to go out and seek out a builder because we don't know how to build a house, but we know that there are builders out there that do. So we found a builder out of Ardmore, got with him, decided that he would do the project for us, the building of our home. And I'll never forget that when we started talking and negotiating, he told us that there are subcontractors that he would use to do the different aspects of the building project. And he said, now, if you know some subs, local subs, because he's out of Ardmore, he said, you, if you can save a little money by using some of your subcontractors that you might know, maybe an electrician to do your electrical, maybe a plumber to do your plumbing, go for it. Because he said, hey, I'm all about helping you save money if it'll save you some money. And we appreciated that, that he told us that. But when it came to the foundation, the digging and pouring of the foundation, which is what? First. He said, now, I'm not going to let you pick your, found, your concrete guy. <laughs> That's a smart builder. You want to know why? Because he told us straight up, I want to use my guy. I want to use my concrete guy. I've been using him for many years. He's one of the best. Why did he tell us that? I learned very quickly. Because everything was going to be built on that pad. 
I just thought about that today as I was preparing. Everything in our house, everything in your house tonight is sitting on a foundation. And church, I wanted to just show you just how important it is to have the right foundation, a firm foundation. The Word of God as your foundation. We need to make it. We've got to make the Word of God our foundation, the foundation for our life. Jesus even taught that. He not just told us what, he told us how. He said something like this in Matthew 7, I believe it is. He said, whoever hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. In other words, puts these words of mine to practice, starts doing the word, not just hearing it, but doing the word. This is what he said. When we put his words into practice, he said that we would be like a man who built his house on the what? The rock. So he shows us and teaches us that the word of God is actually like a rock. And the word of God, when we allow it to be our foundation, Church, what did Jesus go on to say? He didn't say if the storms of life come. What did he say? When the storms come, he said, if you're built on the rock, if you have built your life on my word, that's what he said. If you hear my words and put them into practice. In other words, if you live out my word, if your word is your, my word is your foundation. He said, when the storms come, what did he say? Your house will remain standing because it's built on a firm foundation. See, here's what I'm trying to say. The quality of the structure depends, oh yes, somebody's with me tonight. The quality of the structure depends on the quality of the foundation. So I can say it like this. The quality of our life is dependent upon the quality of our foundation. What is your foundation tonight? What are you really holding on to tonight? See, not everybody has the word of God as the foundation for their life. What does that mean? It simply means that the quality of our marriage, the quality of our emotions, our mental state, the quality of our money, come on, the quality of our life, the quality of our parenting, all is contingent upon what we've built our life on, if it's built on the Word of God or not. And that's really what Jesus said. That's how important the foundation is. And here's what I want you to hear. See, not everybody builds on this foundation. Some people build their, the foundation of their life on what's popular. Come on. Popular culture. Well, what's popular right now? Can I just tell you, fads come and fads go. But the word of God will never go away. It will never change. Fads come, fads go, but the word of God remains the same. That's why Jesus said, you got to build your life on my word. If you hold on, that's what I'm trying to say. One way we hold on, church, is by simply building our life, using the word of God as our foundation, foundation for marriage, foundation for everything. Why? Because if you've got a strong foundation, 
your structure, your life, your family will be strong. Come on. Now, let me just say this. Has anybody come to know and understand yet in this Christian walk, you may not always understand everything in God's Word? (laughs) Hello. Want to know why that is? It's because He's God and we're not. If we could just read the Word and understand everything that we read, I mean just understand everything in the Word, you know what that would mean? That our God would be the same size as us. Too many people are living their life with a me-sized God. I don't want to live my life like that. I want to know God's word that says his, high, his ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. That tells me that the God that you and I serve is bigger than we are. I don't want a me-sized God. We serve a big God. And even though, come on, let's be honest, we don't always understand everything. But can I just help you tonight to try to get you to hold on to the word? We're not going to always understand everything. But you just got to know you can still trust him. When you don't understand everything, you got to know that he does. And that's why, church, when we don't understand everything, come on, let's be honest. His ways are higher than ours. You can still trust his word. I've heard it said like this, even in life, we don't always understand everything. When you cannot trace his hand, come on, you can trust his heart. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than ours. He's God. And we can trust him. He's bigger than we are. He sees, come on, more than what we see. We can't let tradition be our foundation. We really can't. Nothing wrong with with tradition. But if we trade tradition at the expense of truth, then we no longer have truth as our foundation. And on the same lines, we cannot allow reason, church. Some people allow reason to be the foundation for their life. What do I mean by that? Well, if it seems right, it must be right. Begin to reason. We know what God's word says, come on. But yet, we begin to reason. We start thinking about it. Start thinking about what God's word says. Well, we start reasoning with the truth. And the Bible says we have to have the truth as our foundation. It's not whether or not it seems right or not. No, we have to know that the word of God is truth. And we don't go by our reason. We go by God's word. I'll show you what Proverbs 16.25 says, there is a way that seems right. Come on, you've heard this verse. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, what is it? It's way the way of death. It leads to destruction. I got one more. What about some people I know build their life on feelings? That's a big one. Thank God that we have feelings, but you never want to build your life on feelings because feelings change. But again, the Word of God does not change. There's a scripture in Judges 21 and 25. I'll read it to you. In those days, there was no king in Israel, so everyone did what was right in his own eyes. In other words, everybody just did what they wanted to do. Did what, well, if it feels right, it must be right. Let me just tell you. We cannot let our feelings be the 
foundation of our life. It must be what? The word of God. Even when we don't understand it, how about this one? What if, what if we don't always like it? Ooh. That's going to happen. When you really let the word of God be the founding, foundational factor for your life, there's going to be things in the word you don't like. You're going to read that. Ooh, that's not me. That may not like it, but I can, can I just help you tonight? You don't always have to like it. You just have to obey it. We were not instructed. Jesus never said we had to like it. He said we just needed to obey it. And when we obey God's word, come on, that's where the blessing is. See, we do not take the Bible and fit it to our lives. We take our lives and we fit it and adjust it to the Bible. I'm just helping you tonight, making sure that you're holding on to the word and that you have allowed the word of God to be your foundation. Because church, in this time that we're living in, it's going to be the only thing that's going to keep us standing. It's the word of God. What are you standing on tonight? What have you built your life on tonight? I'm here to tell you, the word of God is what causes for us to stand. How about the second one? I'll move quickly tonight. We have to make the word our foundation. How about this one? Number two, we need to make the word of God first place, not just our foundation, but we need to make it first. What does that mean? Jesus showed us how to do that too. What did he say in another place, Matthew 6? What I found interesting, this was all in the Sermon on the Mount, his first recorded sermon. He's telling us how to do it, how to build a strong life. It's through a strong foundation. And it's also through making the word of God first place in our life. What did Jesus say? He said, seek first the kingdom, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, all these other things will be added to you. The second way we hold on. I've only got one more, so don't worry. <laughs> The second way we hold on to God's word is by simply putting it first, making it first in our life. The first part of my day. I can just get real practical here. What do you do first when you wake up in the morning? Do you know that's really important? If we just be honest, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I would probably venture to say there's a lot of coffee drinkers in here. Nothing wrong with that. So I would venture to say probably one of the first things we do is what? Hit that coffee maker button. Get that coffee going. But I got to thinking about that. After you hit that button on that coffee maker, the first thing is simply making God's word first. What if you just spent about three minutes? I know we live busy lives, but can I help you tonight? Hold on to the word. What if you just spent about three minutes? What if even while the coffee is brewing, you got to wait on that coffee, don't you? Why not get the word of God out in those three minutes, four minutes while that coffee is making and get you a, a little bit of the word in you? I just want you to know, put it to the test and see if it doesn't help you have a better day. Help you get your day started the right way. 
Then after you get in the Word for about three minutes, just put you a worship song on another three minutes or so approximately. Come on, we all got about three. We all got six minutes. Come on. You know what that worship will do? That worship will set the atmosphere. It'll get your mind right. Come on, I know sometimes we wake up and we're, we're just, you know, scattered. Our, our, we, we got so many different things we got going on at work and in the office and this and that. We got children, we got all this. Ooh, it'll help set the atmosphere. Just listening to a worship song. I've got some favorites right now. I mean, that's all I have to do. Cammie was playing one at home before I left the house to come to church. And I told her, I said, hon, I'm getting ready to leave, uh, getting ready to head to the church about 630. And I heard that song coming from her, uh, the bedroom, our bedroom. And I told her, I said, I'm going to wait and listen to my song before I go to church. That's just how much I love worship. Aren't we blessed with awesome worship in this house? Doesn't it just set the atmosphere? Doesn't it just get the mood right? Doesn't it just, it gets us right, doesn't it? Well, hello. What we experience here on Sunday morning, church, is what God wants us to experience at home. But come on, what are you holding on to? Hold on to the word. Come on, make it first, the first part of your day, and then spend a little time just in prayer. Lord, help me with these meetings I've got today. Help me on the job today. Will you lead me? Will you guide me? Just give me wisdom to handle and to oversee these projects. Whatever it is that you're involved in, your business, come on. Help me today. Use me today. There's going to be people I'm going to witness to today. Give me a word. Help me to minister to them. That's what I'm talking about. That's holding on to the word, making it first place. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. But oftentimes we seek our needs first, don't we? But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all the needs will be taken care of. Do you see that? It's by just simply holding on to the word, putting his word first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to give you another scripture. Colossians 3.16. Watch this. Still talking about holding on to the word. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ, come on, dwell in you richly. When I read that, that went off in me. I want to park right here for just a little bit. Let the word of God, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. That's what we do, church. When we are holding on to the word of God, we're allowing the word of God to dwell in us richly. I've got to, I don't do this all the time, but I don't always do visual aids and illustrations. But when I do, I pray they work out okay. We're going to try this one tonight if it'll stay on this stool. But just got a simple cup of water and a tea bag. I want you to just see this with me. What does it say? Come on, Colossians 3.16. Somebody's going to leave with something tonight. I'm almost done. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. This is a symbolic of you and me, our heart. This is us. This, this simple tea bag is symbolic of the word of God. And we take it in, I put it in the water, just a little dip, just a little dip. Another dip, another dip. Kind of like coming to church, a little dip, get a little word. And that's, don't really see any change yet, 
Come to church. Get another dip. But you see, here's, here's what I want you to see. If we allow the word to continually. That's what I mean by holding on to the word. Not just getting the word at church, but you're getting the word when you wake up in the morning. Getting the word of God. Spending time in the word of God. And what happens, church, as you not just do it a little dip here and there, a little bit here and there, but when it's consistent, when it's your lifestyle, when it's who you are, when you really do what Colossians says, allow the Word of God to dwell richly. That's what I, that's what I believe happens, church. Watch this now. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. Come on. It doesn't happen overnight, but when you just are consistent with it. What does that mean? When you're holding on to it. I know there's things going on, but what are you holding on to tonight? Holding on to the Word of God for your family, for your children, for your future, for your finances. Come on, for your health. Holding on to what God's Word says as you continue to do that. Notice, it starts changing. The water begins to take on what was put into it. The tea bag. And I believe, yeah, that's what... Colossians is getting at let the word here's what went off in me you gotta let it you gotta let the word go down in your heart again not just here but here you gotta let the word get in deep you gotta it's not that we always need a deep word I don't have the pressure to come up here and try to have some deep word every time come on all I want to do is come up here and teach you and help you understand the importance of letting the word get deep in you. Holding on to the word that you've already been given. The word of God we've already been given. And when we do that, watch this now. It started changing, didn't it? It's starting to look more like a glass of tea. I don't know about you, but I'm a, a tea-drinking machine. Always have been. Maybe it's because I was raised in Texas, brought up in Texas. I love me some iced tea. But do you see that? Let the Word of God dwell richly in you. See, we, we control. We control how much God we allow inside of us. And when we do that, church, watch this. We can let it dwell richly. We can let the word of God dwell richly on the inside of us. And it went on to say in all wisdom, come on. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. There it is right there. Letting the word of God dwell richly inside of you. We start looking like what we take in. We don't want to look like the world, church. We're in it. Come on. But we're not of it. We want to look like Christ. And when we allow the word of God, come on, let the word of Christ dwell richly. You know what happens? You start looking different. You start sounding different. Come on. What comes out of us is what's been put in us. Do you know we win with the word of God? We win with our words, which is my last point. Not only do we make it the foundation, we hold on to the word by making it our foundation for our life. We hold on to the word by making it first. The first thing that we do, come on. Not only the first thing that we do, but how about this? It's the first thing that we say. 
Come on, how about when we're in a test? Come on, how about when we're, when we're in a trial? Come on, how about when we're in a, a difficult season? You can also let the word of God be first come out of your mouth. I believe we've taught you that in this church. Let the word of God be the first thing you say. Yes. And then lastly, I believe another way we hold on to the word of God is we make it a weapon for the challenges of life. Jesus showed us this too. Right before he gave that sermon on the mount. In Matthew chapter 4, what happens right after he's baptized in the Jordan? The Bible says he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And what happened? He was tempted by Satan three times. What did he do every single time? It is written. Do you know we war with our words? We also win with our words. What are you saying? Because what you're saying determines what you see. Jesus said, it is written. And what he did, church, I believe, he allowed the word of God to be used as a weapon. And when he spoke the word, the enemy had to back up. Bible says, and the enemy left him. Why? Because he simply spoke the word. He used the word as a weapon. He was holding on to the word of God. And he used that word as a weapon. I'll end with this. Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Come on. We've been given some weapons, church, that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. Come on. And having done all, we stand. In verse 7, I'm going to move to verse 17. Here's where he says, take up the helmet of salvation and what? The sword of the Spirit. There it is. The Word of God. That's the weapon. The weapon that we have been given is the Word. And it's the Word, church, that we know. It's the Word that we're intimate with. It's the Word that we're spending time with. It's the Word that we're allowing to go, not just here, but in here. Where it's producing, come on, change. And when we allow the word of God to get in us and begin to produce the change, what it, it becomes a weapon, church. I know we're facing a real enemy, but can I tell you? We just got to know what our weapons are and how we win. We win with our weapons. We win with our words, the word of God. I found one more place, and this will be the last scripture I read, that I thought really would be a great place to just end by just showing you a place in the book of Psalms that shows us, I believe, beautifully what it means to hold on to the Word of God. In closing tonight, I want to just read this to you. Psalms 119, you can write this down. In fact, I want to encourage you to read the entire chapter of the 119th Psalm. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. But do you want to know what that chapter 119 is all about? It's all about, are you ready for this? The Word of God. But I want to just read to you 9 and 10 and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? Now, how, can I just say it like I heard it? How can you and I make it today? Here's how. By living according, do you see this? 
to your word. I could say it like this, by holding on to your word. I've come to encourage you tonight. You got to hold on. When you feel like letting go, when you feel like giving up, hold on to, to the word of God. Verse 10, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands or your word. There it is again. I could simply say it. Hold on to the word of God. And then verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart. Watch this. That I might not sin against you. The psalmist is simply saying, more than anything, I'm holding on to your word. And when we hold on to the word of God, you understand something. When you are holding on to God and his word, you simply understand that he's holding on to you. He's holding on to you. All he is saying of us tonight is, what are you holding on to? Are you holding on to the word of God? Because when we're holding on to the word of God, Church, that's where we find whatever it is that we are believing God for. That's where we find, church, blessing and miracles. All of that is simply just understanding. I'm going to hold on to the word of God. I trust the word. I live the word. Because that is what I'm based, I've based my life on. It's the foundation of my life. And church, when you've got a strong foundation, come on. The quality of your life is directly in connection with the quality of your foundation. What are you holding on to? What are you living and basing your life on? I believe it's the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give God praise right there? Thank you, Jesus.